0: Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of the All Terrain Podcast. This episode is being recorded in front of a live audience here at the Youth and Children's Ministry Conference of the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland. See? We've got people and everything. I'm your host, Matt White, and we're recording two very special episodes here at the University of Warwick. And as always, I'll be inviting guests to take a hypothetical hike as we find out about their real-life journey to this point, and they'll make four choices for the walk and answer four questions along the way. In this episode, I'm joined by two very special guests, so please give a warm welcome to Nick and Emma Piers. Nick and Emma are leading worship here at the conference. We've had a really good first session, haven't we? That was such a great first session, and thank you so much to these guys. They literally hammered up the M1 at the legal speed, uh, or came here by train. Did you come here by train? A few trains. A few trains. Is 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 he? Is Nick on? It's gonna be. That's gonna be a terrible recording. Hello, one two, oh, there one we go. John, you know I'll do. I'll yeah. just ask you again. Go on. No one will know what happened. What happened? How did you get here?
1: By train. What? <laughs> yeah. So
0: no one will ever know. You've had so lots, re-
1: lots of trains. I know, right? amazing.
0: So let's get started. Now, all the guests have to make two choices before we start. So, the first choice you have to make is this Where are we walking on our hypothetical hike?
1: Uh, through Norway. And why there? We've done it, we've been there. We go to Norway quite regularly, probably a couple of times a year, generally. And we go to a place called Stavanger on the west coast of Norway. Beautiful mm-hmm. place. And we love it. We love the people, and it's just so beautiful and peaceful and relaxing. And what was awesome about the Pulpit Rock is anyone does anyone watch Mis- Mission Impossible? One person, brilliant. Mm. In the in the last one, they filmed the last scenes Here. on the Pulpit Rock, wow. yes. and we were sat there not at the same time. That would have been awkward, but mm. you know, it's amazing.
0: Wow, it is very beautiful. It's, it's amazing, really beautiful. So a great we're in hike to get there.
2: We're in Norway.
0: And what what t- first took you there? Why Norway?
2: Um, Actually, we got to know some friends of ours uh, who have become friends, they weren't at the time, uh, at the European Youth Congress of the Salvation Army um, in Prague. And they made the mistake... So we were leading worship with them. It was a European band. Uh, We didn't know the guys until we got there. Uh, And they made the mistake of saying to us, if ever you're in Norway, do make sure you pop in. Never say that to us. No one ever means that. Because we always take you up on it. You should never say that to us. Never say that to us. And so... One particular holiday, we were like, where should we go? And we found flights to Norway for a pound, literally. And oh, we went, who do we know in Norway that we could go and see? And these guys came to mind and we rocked up on their door. And they actually have become really our lifelong best friends. Oh. We're, we're really close now.
1: Yeah. They run the Stavanger Gospel Company. So it's a Salvation Army actually based um, gospel choir there. And so we've just, we just do life together. And in fact, we saw them a few days ago uh, yeah. in London. They're in London at the moment.
2: So. Yeah. So it yeah. worked out.
1: Genuinely, anytime anyone has ever said to me, "If you're ever in
0: such and such, come by," I just file that in the bit of my brain that goes,
2: mm-hmm. yeah." So we,
1: so we had that moment though, Matt. So what happened was they said, "Come over." We found the cheap flights and said, "Let's mm. do it." So we booked for like a like four or five day trip. Yes. Yeah. And this is how stupid we are. It wasn't until we were arriving in Norway we went. What if we don't get on with these people? Because we're like going to spend five days living in their house. Yeah, Yeah. this could be really awkward. So we were literally spending the journey. But that's what you do in like church and Christian circles and Salvation Army, don't you? Yeah, stay with random people. Yeah, Uh, and so we just went and arrived and went. This could be really bad. But it was great, and we loved them, yeah. and we get on very well. We've toured all over the world with them. Wow. We've been on tour with their choir to America and stuff as well. Yeah. Nice been, so.
0: Now, tell us a little bit more about you two. So, obviously, you're here at the conference leading worship. You've talked about being involved
1: in gospel music. What do yeah. you do? I'm going to go first, because mine's way more straightforward okay. than hers. <laughs> like, I don't, know, I don't know what she does. But I have at my sort of, sort of 9 to 5, not 9 to 5, but my day job is that I'm the headmaster of a school so in um penbury in tunbridge wells oh. so it's a it's a independent school there and um so i have responsibility for the kids we've got a nursery so we go from two and a half wow. three to eleven and uh, that's what i do as my main job amazing and Emma? <laughs> <laughs> interesting. So,
2: which job should we go for? Uh, basically, I'm an entrepreneur, so um, I uh, build businesses, and I, I have a business called Singing Nation, so I'm the founding director of that. Um, and we do a lot of community work, using music to connect people um, in communities, as it would suggest, but we also do a lot of uh, corporate work. So I do leadership training and development um, in pretty large organisations. But I'm also a songwriter and a conductor, and, um, yeah, have a... a A lot of fun (laughs) Mm. writing with quite a few different artists in the industry. Um, And I'm also currently writing a book um, with an editor at HarperCollins. So I'm officially now an author, which every time that's said, it makes me giggle a little bit. What's the book about? Um, It's called What Does It Matter? Uh, How do we make decisions? Why do we make the decisions that we make? And it's about finding more joy in everyday life, choosing to Mm. not overestimate the importance of things and get all anxious and worked up about it and to notice the things that really matter.
1: Wow. And that's really easy to live. <laughs> mm. Not. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that our week, you know. Yeah. But
0: there we go. Well, even just yeah. your evening. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah. a hard thing to do when you're stuck on the M1 and the sat nav is clocking up later yes. and later and later and later, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. What's what it matter?
0: And you guys met in the Salvation Army, am I right?
1: So we actually met at university. Ah. Oh, it was much more romantic than Ooh. that. Oh. <laughs> so we met, in fact, so our eyes met, we were across a bar. We were playing in a band. What? So basically, a, f- a mutual friend got us together and said, uh, Nick, could you come and play drums? So I said, yes. Emma was playing keys. I was fashionably late. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I came in, played drums, and Emma was playing a keyboard's cross thing I'd never met. And I was like, I kind of like you.
0: Mm. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Only kind of. But you're both from, are you both from Salvation Army backgrounds? No, ah. no.
2: So I didn't know anything about the Salvation Army until I met Nick. OK. So it was a whole new world.
0: Yeah. Whereas I've grown up in the Salvation Army. It was quite something.
2: It was quite something. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, I didn't know
0: that. I thought you both had grown up in the Salvation Army. No. There we go. But
1: I I did, so I grew up in the Salvation Army. My parents are Salvation Army, well, they're retired Salvation Army officers, but my dad's still working, like, ten years after he retired, because you never kind of leave, right? So (laughs) So
0: then you meet, so
1: you're a kind of
0: officer's kid growing up in the Salvation Army, you meet at university, and then you kind of... We're involved in Salvation for a long time. I remember growing up, you guys would have been leading worship at Roots and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah massively. And yeah. these days, church is a bit different for you guys. Where do you guys, where is church for you guys?
2: So now we're in Hillsong, um, Hillsong, London, which we're in the Tunbridge campus, actually. Yeah. So it's our local church. It's about 10 minutes from our house. Mm. Uh, so we're involved in our local uh, campus there, but we're also very involved in the um, wider UK scene of Hillsong. Oh. We love it. Mm.
0: Um, so, you've got to make another choice before we get into the, the bigger questions. Cool. And that is, we need to bring some people with us on this walk. So, yeah. you each get to answer this one. So, you get to bring someone living, someone dead, and someone fictional. So, Nick, who is your living person?
1: My living person is Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. And he is? Stony Silence.
2: <laughs> so um, Malcolm was an author, yeah. he's a
1: sort of social scientist, and um, yeah, he's just written some amazing books like Blink and The Tipping Point. And, David um, and Goliath, is that one of his? Sorry, David and Goliath, was that yeah, one of David his? Yeah, David and that's Goliath, that's awesome. I love that one. I've kind of got all his books, I'm a bit mm. of a geek, so mm. I love him, he's a brilliant author.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Emma, who are you bringing,
1: who's living?
2: Um, I am bringing Michelle Obama.
0: Yeah, see, that was it. Oh,
2: you see, now there's a response. See, now, look, this is what I love
0: about doing it live, right? Because at home, if someone's listening to this in their car, they'd have gone, I didn't think much of his choice, but I really liked hers. But here, you get to hear that!
2: (laughs) Just remarkable. Remarkable lady.
0: So Michelle Obama and uh, Malcolm Gladwell are coming. Uh, Yes, please. You're dead people. Which dead people are we bringing on this walk?
2: So I would like to bring Moses. Okay. Because he had, I mean, how how on earth did he lead that number of complaining, Mm. whinging people? Mm. I mean, honestly, he really, I, I mean, do they whinged really? a lot, and I'd like to know that secret. And he's, he's already really got a walking well. stick,
1: so that's helpful. Yeah, he can yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure about his footwear. My dead guy is Winston Churchill.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay, why, why Churchill? I just think, I mean, obviously he's just one of those great statesmen, and um, but just what I also love about him is his humility, actually, and his... His softness, even though we often see him as the bulldog character, but there was actually a, a tenderness to him. If you read about him and the way that he would blub like a baby in situations and circumstances that he was facing, and I just love that.
0: And finally, one fictional. Who's coming with us? James Bond. Yeah! Okay.
1: All
2: Come right. on, that
0: gets cool, doesn't actually, it? Actually, I'd oh, like yeah.
2: James Bond with me. I quite like the idea of that.
0: Well, which one... So this... So <laughs> Well, you can't see behind us that I didn't know which one to pick. So I just picked the kind of the silhouette. Who, which Bond are we bringing? Is it like mythical Bond or is it, are you thinking of Craig, Brosnan, Connery? Is it one in particular that you
1: say is Bond? Well, you see, I'm kind of torn, right? I like most of them for lots of different reasons. I think Craig's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think so. But, but I also like Sean Connery because I actually happened to star in an international blockbuster movie with Sean Connery and, and Rachel's brother. He stood up. So I don't know why yeah. on earth he stood up for this. Just because
0: that's like massive... Was, that,
2: that was his Was that Is that <laughs> your... La- it's
0: like, and I have said that? Thank you, everyone.
1: Good night. And, and if it wasn't so expensive, I would well, drop Yeah, drop that
0: mic. mic. Yeah, straight down. Um, okay, and who's your mythical character?
2: Um, Captain Marvel.
1: Oh, Yeah.
0: Come yeah.
2: on! Again. Stop going with yeah,
0: her. No, I mean, the Powerhouse of a woman. Yeah.
2: Really interesting. Yeah. Strong, powerful, amazing, interesting, glamorous. Yeah. You know. She looks
1: like you with the blue and the <gasps> beauty.
2: He just said, "I look like Captain Marvel." Mm. That's so cool. He's never said that before.
0: I mean, for the benefit of those listening, he said you're both wearing blue, but you take okay. it how you want to take it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get involved in your marriage. You guys, take, you guys You guys. guys go whatever you want to go I with. I got away with that. Mike. I know, you did. You did well. So, it's time to move on to the first real question that we yes. ask. One of the four. And the first question okay. is this. How do we face change?
2: So, change um, can happen all sorts of times in all sorts of ways. Sometimes we expect it and sometimes we don't. And I think the thing about change is uh, whether we're expecting it or not has a big impact on how we manage it. Because uh, expectations set a lot of how we approach life, whether we realise it or not. It's like a sat-nav, really, in terms of where we're going. And the thing about change is accepting transition into change. Transition is actually really, really important. So transition, um, there's lots of ways that people describe this. Um, there's the Kubler-Ross Curve and of change and all those different things. But a simple way of just remembering it is that sense of denial and resistance that can happen at the beginning through to a place of um, acceptance of, okay, this is going to happen, and then through to a place of commitment and growth. Um, and I see myself in that all the time. I I, um, I can be pretty resistant sometimes um, if I'm not expecting something to happen. In fact, I'm really bad when a plan changes. So I love a plan. Hate routine I mean, hate routine. It's like kryptonite to my Captain Marvel. Um, hate routine, but love a plan. And if I've got a plan and that changes, I go a bit weird.
1: Heaven help you.
2: So actually, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm often in that denial and resistance to like small things that, that don't quite happen. But in terms of change of life, I think we have to recognise that with change, um, there's a transition period, and usually with change, something is lost. You don't tend to change and stay where you are or stay the same. There is, in change, something also tends to go. And I think we need to give ourselves attention to what is going as well as what is coming in that transition season to make it easier.
0: That's really interesting. How do you respond? Because you sort of said it, and you said heaven help you, like only a husband can. Um, But how does it manifest? So when when the plan changes, what does that look like?
2: Um, Usually it's panic. Oh, really? Yeah, because... I um, use my time really well. I I really believe life is short and every day counts, every hour counts. And so whether I've chosen to rest... Or chosen to work, or chosen to. Work. I choose what I'm doing all the time. I mean, I'm a complete nerd. If I go on a car journey, I'll take a list of people with me that I might be able to call on the way. When I'm so, if I want to fit in exercise, so I love love sport, love sport, and and I might want to be going for a run, but I'll be making a business call. I'm not kidding. While I'm running, which sounds a bit crazy, but for me, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy it. So I plan how I'm going to use my time to make the use of. Um, to make the best use of it, and within that, I absolutely plan rest. It's not that um, I'm busy, busy, busy all the time. I plan rest as well. So if that plan goes out of the window, there's not a lot of margin, and then then I get a little bit panicked because I'm like, ah, ah, ah. yeah, I yeah. find that quite difficult.
0: It's interesting, isn't it, that kind of sense? Because of, mm. I think panic is an interesting response. Because I think people would assume what happens is you get angry. Or there's a response that's kind of more of a choice response. But what, but that panic is not a choice. That's a kind of a everything within you just goes, I don't know what to do next.
2: Yeah, it, it just means, but I thought I knew what was going to happen. Yes, yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. I thought I knew what was going to happen and now it's not. So now I've got to think of another plan. But my second plan won't be as good as my first mm. plan. And that and that's the funny, but, and yet I hate routine. Yeah. absolutely hate it. But it, yeah. Nick, so what about you? Really
1: how do you um, thing. How do you fist change? Yeah, do you know, I don't, I don't deal with change in the same way as Emma to, to It I kind of roll with it a little bit more, I guess. I'm, my life is, in my day-to-day is, whilst I might be planned, like if you looked at my diary, it's like every hour and 30 minutes is kind of accounted for, boom, 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 boom. But to be frank, I'm so used to just having to deal with stuff that comes my way in my job. You know, it might be literally, you know, yesterday morning I had a parent just crying I, you know, outside my office that I just needed to go and deal with uh, and meet with. And so it's like, my plan was to do this, but that's come in yeah. and that's come in. And it's just the next thing. And, and, and my stuff is always about people. So people are just volatile. Yeah. Uh, and they change, yeah. you know, so stuff changes all the time. Yeah. So I guess I kind of hold things quite lightly in that sense and just have to roll with it a bit mm. more. So I'm just a bit more used to it in the day-to-day. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's on the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Some of the bigger stuff, you know, of course might throw me off curve a little bit as well and think, ah, oh, this is what I thought we were doing and where we were going. But, mm. um, yeah. mm.
2: And it's weird because I'm actually incredibly laid back on pretty much everything else. Mm. That's the one thing that I find hard to deal with. Yeah. Generally speaking, I'm completely, even Nick's nodding, I'm really laid yeah, back yeah, yeah, in yeah. every area of it's life. because you
1: told me to say that.
2: He
1: <laughs> <laughs> was nodding. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I'm but you guys,
0: yeah. so obviously you meet at university... Yes. And then you've got kids now. You have different jobs and lives to what you had. How have you seen those seasons of your life change and how have you faced those?
1: Yeah, I guess we haven't changed much. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of just do it all anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that we felt very strongly, um, uh, to be honest, when, of course things have changed and mm-hmm. developed. Um, but, you know, we, we've always been people that have just taken our kids with us and just done stuff. So, you know, we got married, we we, we settled down. And we, well, we didn't really settle down. We just you know, just took kids with us. So literally, you know, a weeks old, our babies... Uh, we've got a little boy, well, not a little boy, he's 12, nearly turning 13, and he's called Josiah. And, um, you know, when he was a baby in his little car seat, we mm. would just pick him up and take him to rehearsals. Mm. And he'd sit in the corner with his ear defenders on, and, um, and we'd just get on and crack mm. on and do it. Or we'd get on a flight and we'd go here or we'd go there mm. and we'd just do the next thing. And so we've kind of just... Gone with it and rolled with it. I think sometimes, you know, that's us. Um, Maybe we've taken on a bit too much sometimes. um, But we've just kind of just cracked on with it all anyway. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and I think one of the things that we're um, privileged in is that we really enjoy the same things, genuinely. So we will go for a run together, we will go and play football or touch rugby together or we will go into a band rehearsal together but we genuinely do everything together. So as the seasons of life have changed and even with kids coming in involved in that, we are still really doing most things together. Yeah. Um, even in our work, we still help each other out a lot. And I think that somehow blurs that transition as well. It, did, yeah. it, it hasn't felt like um, that different no, in that abso- sense, has Absolutely.
1: It? And I think I mean, we, it's been great for us as a family because we've been modelling stuff to our kids as well, you yeah. know, that actually we, we put God first and you know like in our in our church stuff you know we're we're part of a very busy church and we're heavily involved in that sort of locally nationally and and whatever and so then you know we've had moments for, so our church we do you know we we if if church starts at 9 we're there at 7 and yeah. we're setting up so you know there've been times with our with our family where literally our daughter Jessica i remember going why are we going to church in the middle of the night <laughs> you know yeah. when it's january and it's dark and we're snuggling up and putting them in the back of the car and, um, but, but what we've also just shown is that actually we're going to keep doing what we mm. do yeah. we're going to serve God and, mm. and, and then they've actually got on board and, are, and involved in a lot of that stuff mm. now as yeah. well which is cool. Yeah. And it's a
2: big life Yeah, it's a big life. I, whenever God chooses that my last day is my last day and my last breath, I want to be used up I don't want to feel like I've run a marathon and still have a lot of energy left in that last 100 metres and we don't know when that last 100 metres is going to be, mm. so I want to be used up And so that's why it's really important to me.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah. You mentioned, Emma, about how one of the things that comes with change is loss.
2: Mm.
0: And I guess um, that can be really easy for us to understand, because often if it's a change that we've made a choice and we've done that, Uh, how do you experience making those changes and the impact it has on other people? I'm thinking about as a head teacher, I have a child in a school who is six. When the head teacher makes changes, I might have thoughts about that. I might feel like something's <laughs> been lost. And, and again, in what you do, whether it's in music or whether it's in your businesses, your decisions can impact other people. Mm. How have you seen that play out and how do you deal with that?
1: Well, that's very topical, Matthew. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I mean, Just before um, just before uh, half term, actually, I made I basically have taken the decision that my school is getting. It's currently it's a, go- a girl's school. And I've taken the decision not just alone. It wasn't something I dreamt up overnight, but it's something together with the board of governors and so on that we've decided that we're going to become co-ed. So, um, wow, so we're going to be, change. we're going to be, accept- so after 136 years of history, yeah, I hope I don't screw this up, yeah. um, but we, uh, we're going to be accepting boys into the school. So, wow. so that was a huge thing for a lot of people to come to terms with. Uh, and uh, there were a few difficult conversations, mm. but we've I've been bringing people with me and uh, we're still here. Yeah. Oh. So it's a big thing. So when those
0: conversations come, because I think anyone in this room or most people listening who are part of out of the Salvation Army or part of any church, really, will have tried new things. Like you might have tried something new and you've you've gone with it and you've thought this is what I'm going to do. And the response isn't always necessarily the most positive or cheery or encouraging in that. Mm. A few people are nodding. A few mm. people are with me on this. <laughs> um, it's tough, right? It's a really tough thing to do. How aware were you when you made that decision of what might come down the
1: track, and did it impact you? Yeah, I saw a lot of it coming, and um, and actually it's been overwhelmingly positive. But I knew that there would be some people that would be extremely upset and disappointed, and you know all and going through the change transition, you know that curve. Yeah. Um, so I could spot some of it coming, but and I really had to steel myself because mm. I knew that you know, there's an element of me that's a people pleaser, right? So we want to make, you know, I know I'm leading and I know that's what I've got to do and this is where we're going, but I also want people to come on board yeah. and, and, and I want them with me, you know? So so I could see some of that coming, but I, I had a real conviction that it was the right thing to do, absolutely. You know, I just know it's the right thing for us to do for a whole bunch of reasons. So I could face that, but there were sleepless nights, you know, and with a whole load of other stuff going on, just the planning and preparation about it all too, but, you know, definitely sleepless nights and just worrying about how it's going to play out and making sure that I had the answers to some of the big questions that would come and, and all of that stuff. So, mm. But a lot of prayer, frankly. It sounds yeah. a bit cheesy, but like just praying like every morning and just asking God to be with me and give me wisdom and um, just help me to have a, a depth of understanding beyond my natural experience.
0: Yes. Yeah. I guess it's really easy to pray when the negative email comes yeah. or when the tough conversation has happened. Yeah. But if we're aware that what we're presenting presents a loss to someone else, then actually prayer up front mm. and three I is really important because it's also humbling. Yeah, mm. that sense of going, I'm making a decision that's going to impact someone else.
1: Mm.
0: Grinding yourself and humbling yourself
2: mm.
0: in prayer before you go into it might mm. be a really strong way forward. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and, and very and knowing that, um, particularly if it's a change that's being imposed, feels quite a heavy word, but yeah. imposed on somebody. Yeah they are likely to feel that sense of denial and resistance yeah. or and, and they have a journey, they have a transition to go through into change and it's recognising where they are on that journey, meeting them where they're at and then helping them walk through in the same way and one of the ways of doing that is just to be really empathetic yeah. like choose to put yourself in their shoes and think okay, what does this feel like for them? I've been planning on this plan for the last four months but actually this person in my business has only just found out about it and now they've got to put it into action and put yourself in their shoes and walk them through the journey because they'll be somewhere in that transition, and I think we need to have. I, I feel like that transition actually is a space of grace, mm. and we need to have grace for people, and and they're not just robots, and so they will face these sense of um, these emotions, and actually. Our thinking affects our feelings and our feelings affects our actions. So it's actually going back to what are they thinking? How, yeah. What's in their head? What's the story they're telling themselves that leads them to behave in this way? And how can we help them, lead them through to a place of um, commitment and growth on it?
0: Great. Let's move on to the next question. So question two is, how do we move through suffering? Wow.
1: Hmm. Probably slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, a lot of the time. Um,
2: I think for everybody it's different. I think that's really key. I don't think there's quick fixes depending on what the suffering is and depending on the journey they're in. Move through suffering. The question itself is interesting. Mm. How do we move through? I think that's the key. Mm. We move. Mm. We move through. Mm. And I think um, if we stay, that's where the problem comes. That's where we really, really um, get ourselves into trouble. Being in suffering, um, Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered big time. So we shouldn't be surprised when we ourselves face suffering. The challenge comes as if we stay in that place. And so for me, it's about choosing to move. Um, I've unfortunately too many times been through um, grief on quite a a large scale, one of which was losing my mum um, several years ago, a a long time ago now, I guess. And one of the things that was mentioned to me then in grief was, grief is a little bit like an ocean and it's just kind of lapping at your feet and you're you're going through it bit by bit and then sometimes it'll just come and, a big wave will just come and knock you over you don't even know why you can't it can't even explain it, it just comes i don't know if any of you've ever experienced that sense of just it's always there with you and i think with suffering um, you know the Bible says, "Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's a shadow, and you need to keep walking through it. And at times it will be really dark, and at other times it won't. But I think when we come through suffering, we're never the same again. I think it, it, there's always some, there's a change that happens to us through suffering. That doesn't mean that that we stay in that space of suffering, but it means that we are forever changed from it. Yeah. I think is the truth. And actually." Jesus didn't say, you won't have troubles. Jesus said, troubles will come. He actually said the complete opposite. Mm. So as Christians, if we think we've got an easy ride, that's just not what the Bible says. What he says is, I will be with you in it. Mm. And moving through it is the trick. It is is the key thing. Keep moving, keep moving. Mm. Yeah, and
1: and as difficult as it is, it's trying to keep your eyes focused on Jesus Mm. and, um, and worship you know, worshipping him through the pain, through the suffering, mm. and through the difficulty, which is really easily said mm. and not done, you know. Yeah. But trying to do that.
0: There is something about choosing a different posture, isn't it? Yeah. There? There's something about saying...
2: Position,
1: even in yourself. Yeah. position yourself. Yeah. Position yourself. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely position yourself. Yeah. And, um, I mean, this is getting really vulnerable now, but I remember at one point um, when I was nursing my mum, saying, okay... I know everyone talks about Jesus being my friend, and, you know, and and he is absolutely, still is, was before, was during, and is now. But in those moments, I needed to go to him as my Lord, because it, because I was saying, please don't, and it still happened anyway. At that point, I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't understand it, but this is where I have to know you're bigger than me. You're not just my buddy sat next to me who's there. So often, we can treat God as our uh, PA Like, please can I have this? Please can I have that? Can you organise that, please? And I think what we need to be doing is this. What do you think? Oh, I'm not going to ask you what you think. I've actually got a great plan. Let's go. And we we treat God as our PA, and actually he is Lord. And there are just some things we do not understand and some things. And so there are times where you just need to to respond in that way. And I remember sitting at the piano, singing and worshipping, with tears coming down my face, and just going, I'm going to worship you anyway, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though I know you could fix this, and for whatever reason, you're not, I just, and at this point, I have to say, you are Lord, okay, I don't, I'm not going to agree with you on this one, but I'm going to say okay as best I can, and I remember, I think I said to you, one of my acts of worship through that season of suffering was really disciplining myself not to say something I would later regret. Wow. So I knew I would come through it. Hmm. And I knew, I would not saying it was going to make sense, it still doesn't make sense, but I knew I would come through it. And hmm. what I didn't want to do is say or behave in a way I would later regret once I was through it. Yeah. And that's what I used to discipline myself at the time. Hmm. Um, and actually... You know, there's that, this is how I fight my battles. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how we fight our battles, it, the, the, God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Mm-hmm. How we fight our battles is through worship, it's through communion with him, it's in those times. And even though we don't understand the dynamics of that because we're, we're mortal mm-hmm. um, and we have finite minds, actually how we fight our battles, how we work through suffering is in worship and there's something incredibly powerful in that and I personally have put that into practice and found a shift a paradigm shift in my thinking in my feelings my emotions in my circumstance maybe sometimes the circumstance itself hasn't changed but I am changed in it to be able to cope better
1: we've been doing that all week
2: Mm.
1: like it's been a tough week with a whole load of things just thing after thing after thing for us And not just us, but with friends and family and various things going on with different people as well that we've been kind of journeying with them on. And it's, as Emma says, you know, it's submission to sovereignty. Mm. It's submission to the sovereignty of God and just in those moments going, okay, I I can't make sense of this, Mm. but I'll still trust that you are Lord Mm. and I'm still going to keep my eyes fixed on you and keep Mm. worshipping. And, you know, for us, I do, I do sing. Like when I'm out, I'm just, Mm. you know, I'm going to just sing my way through this. Yeah.
0: Um. We're sort of lacking though, aren't we? I think there's a lack of lament song available. Like, I think for me, I think one of the challenges is what do we turn to? Like, because I think there's a danger, isn't there, that if we jump into... Uh, Kind of a high praise moment. That's there can be a falseness in that. There can be, and and that's not to say we don't sometimes have to do that. Regardless, sometimes we have to sing in spite of. I mean, the psalms are like. But that's what I mean. Yeah, we don't. We 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 I guess we we haven't done that. We haven't brought that through. I guess in many ways that sense Mm. of. Um, I would say maybe recently, I know Ren Collective wrote a song called Weep With Me after the Manchester bombing, which is a beautiful mm. song that says, yet I will praise you, yet yeah. I will sing. Mm. I would say even maybe Song of Ascent, yeah. the, mm. the hill song, which is um, yeah. a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, but there are not many of them. No, yeah. They're quite hard to come
2: by, aren't they? they are. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And I think it's really, I just want to say now while I remember if it's okay. It's not that when I say earlier that um, Jesus is, Jesus is Lord in that situation. It wasn't that I thought he was doing it, mm. but I believe he is fully able, therefore he allowed it. Mm. There's a difference. It's really important. So in those moments of songs of lament, we're saying, God, I, you know, you're not doing this to me, but this is happening. Step in and, and change it. And, yeah. I, and I believe this. But if you notice in the Psalms, in many of those Psalms of lament, they may start... Why are you downcast, oh mm. my soul? Mm. But by the end, yeah. so praise be to the yeah. Father. And the yeah. thing about worship is that it's not only us that hears it, it's other people that hear it. Mm. And when we speak things out, whether, it, whether it's positive or negative, our mm. brains hear mm. and they listen. They are collecting evidence to know what to believe. So what you speak out, your brain hears and puts into action. So when you... Praise when you speak that out, your brain goes, Oh, yeah, I'm believing this. Yeah, and it w- you can talk yourself into genuinely into a place of mm. sometimes I don't know what to say. This morning, it's been as Nick said, a tough week. This morning, I sat there and I didn't just read my Bible silently, I chose to speak the psalm out loud. And when it said the Lord has been, um, the Lord has compassion on all He has made. I said, the Lord has compassion on me, mm. and I said it out loud. And I encouraged myself. And actually, so many people in the Bible do that, don't they? They confess and they encourage themselves. So even if you're not going to sing, speak out God's word. Mm. Speak out God's word. The enemy hears it and runs.
0: It's great. You need to make another choice. It's a good one. Okay. What's going to be in your snack bag <gasps> oh, on a
1: walk?
2: Yeah. <sighs>
1: me, it's always salt and vinegar crisps. Do I get an amen? Okay. Am I preaching? Yeah, Can yeah. I get an He's amen? He's He's desperate for you to
0: like one of his choices. Yeah, just pre- on, even people. if you don't, like, if you're allergic to salt and vinegar, just pretend you like a salt yes. and vinegar crisp,
1: will you? Yeah. Salt and vinegar crisps, Go come with on. Them. Desperate.
0: Woo! Well, actually, we've got some for you, Nick, and you all get some too, so here's some yeah. salt and vinegar crisps. Oh. Now, I don't want to say there's That's a hierarchy awesome. here, but you've all got walkers and we've all got kettle chips up Yay. here. I'm just saying, I didn't buy the crisps. That's I didn't awkward. buy the crisps. budget. You get those, uh, Emma. What would you be having?
2: Uh, mine, I ha- I know it's really obvious, but honestly, bring on the chocolate. Oh yeah. I don't. We got care some chocolate.
0: So we want some chocolate.
2: Dark or milk. Look, or here we I go. Don't, I mean, I'm not fussy. Well, you just get this? Oh hallelujah! There we chocolate? go. Thank you so much. It's going
0: to be a joy to edit this with all this crisp racket going on in the background, isn't it? If you could all eat those crisps silently, please. Thank you.
2: Yeah, Sorry about sorry.
0: that. We need to get on to the last couple of questions. So the third question is: How do we
1: receive joy? So we, yeah, we love being outside, we love running around, we love kicking a ball around with the kids and, um, and being with people.
2: Yeah. I
1: think I, I really find being with people uh, refreshing mm. and it brings me joy.
2: Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean my personal um, things that bring me joy are sport, music, mm. people, 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 mm. people. And, of course, if I was being spiritual, i put Jesus in the first thing of that, obviously, joy. Um, But, yeah, no, genuinely, those those are the kind of things. But I, I think it's actually really healthy for us at all, at times, to sit down and go, what do I enjoy doing? What makes me happy? When do I have those moments of going yeah, this feels good. Mm. Because we all have that. And then follow that question. Even write yourself a list. Write 10 things you know that make Mm. you smile. Write 10 things that you find like, yeah, that makes Mm. me feel good. And then ask yourself, when was the last time you did them? Yes. When have you got time in your week for them? And if you are finding that you are not putting them in your week, make some changes because life is too short to be miserable. And if what makes you happy is taking your dog for a walk, then find time to take your dog for a walk. Or if it's going to play a game of squash... And sometimes it's looking at things we did as kids that made yeah. us really happy that we don't yeah. do now. We're all grown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't do it anymore. Yeah. But actually, it brought us joy. So find a time. Yeah. Find ways of bringing that joy back in. Because honestly... Mm. Um, and, and that comes down to the what does it matter? Mm. You know, when we're to, in, what I'm talking about in the book is like... Actually, how we spend our minutes... Matter because that is how we spend our hours and yeah. our days and our years and actually find ways to make every day genuinely mm. enjoyable for yourself. You're in charge of you. And I think often we're, we're going through life and we forget to stop... And just look at how we've spent our time. Mm. Because you can't get it back. Mm. Time is the non is the ultimate non-renewable resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't get it back. And if you're spending it unknowingly or unthinkingly, you may well regret it. Mm. Or you may be more unhappy than you really. But it's actually if you just stop and go, OK, this is how I spent my week. Is that actually how I mm. want to spend my week? Now, don't get me wrong. We all have things we have to do. I have to do the laundry. Mm. Hate it ironing a bit like routine what's the point of ironing when you do it and then it gets worn you have to do it again see that doesn't make sense to me at all mm. so i i just i just want to give us all permission yeah. regularly regularly sit down and go how do i spend my time yeah. how am i spending my life and is it what i what is am i choosing to do it that way or am i just happening to do it that I way. I love the you idea of surprised. the list.
0: I love the idea of the list of like writing yeah. down the things that bring you joy or have brought you joy in your life and then asking yourself why you don't do them anymore. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. If a bunch of people come in here tomorrow on micro scooters we'll know they did it overnight. Yeah. Got to Argos in well, the morning. They we
2: actually have family scooters. Oh you see? There you go. Yeah, but yeah. there is something like that. I kid that. you not. I yeah. kid you not. We've got two adult scooters for us, obviously, mm. although I'm really the size of a child. But, you know, two adult scooters, and then our kids have got their two scooters, and the four of us take them up to London, you know, cause nice. havoc through Covent Garden. We have great fun. And the truth is, I think other adults, in fact, I've seen this look, which is kind mm. of, you're a little bit crazy, but all oh, that actually looks
0: quite yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, is contagious, right? Like, if you are, if you are living like that, yep. the truth is, even the most cynical hard heart There'll be a, even in that, there'll be this moment of, I wish I could do that. So, one final choice, one final question. The final choice for you incredible musicians, what's on the playlist?
1: I'm a massive Gregory Porter fan. I love the guy. And um, so, anything that he sings, I mean, he could sing like that old cliche. Actually, I was going to say he could sing the telephone book. Mm. We don't have a telephone book anymore, do we? He could sing that and it'd just be amazing. I'm really loving, I was really, I was a bit cynical about the album, about, this whole thing with Kanye West, mm. anyone? And uh, I was a bit cynical about it at first with what he was saying and doing. I was like, ah, oh, you know, and then listening to the albums, it's been really impacted by it, yeah. by both albums. So the, the Jesus is King and then Jesus is Born. Yeah. So yeah, the Jesus is born, born, born one, if you haven't album. heard that, it came out on 25th of December. Mm-hmm. Great, great call. And, um, and it's just this amazing choir album. Yeah. And it's just brilliant. And I put that on and I'm like, yeah. Yes. You know, worshipping through that. And that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. So I love those guys.
0: Final, final question. How do we mature in service?
2: So I've been very challenged recently. In Luke 6, it talks about our love for enemies, which we know. It's a very, it's a very well-known passage, but I've really been trying to get to the, the guts of it rather than just the shallow reading of it. And it's actually incredibly challenging, incredibly challenging. Jesus says, give to everybody who asks. So not give to everybody who you think is worthy or give to everybody who you've convinced yourself it's okay. But it's, he literally says give to everyone that asks. And that's what Jesus says. So giving to everyone that asks. It's things like if somebody asks for your coat, give them your shirt as well. And actually in the message translation, it talks about making it nicely ironed and packaged for them even. It's like what Jesus talks about when he talks about our service is going the extra, the extra Jesus bit. Because that the reality is all the while we're doing something the world would do it doesn't mark us out anymore. I know brilliant, lovely, lovely people who are doing amazing, amazing things who have no faith in Jesus whatsoever. So what do we do that's the extra bit? what do we do that marks us out that's a bit differently things like in that same passage you know if someone hits you over the face, turn the other cheek well actually really tough to do. It and if someone's cursing you, pray for them. So in service for me maturity is when I can put those things and I'm not saying I'm there yet, I'm wrestling on a daily basis with it. But Um, when I'm putting those things into action, then I know I'm going beyond being driven by my flesh and I know I'm being driven by the spirit and I'm being not led by my flesh, I'm being led by the spirit and being led by the spirit is where maturity happens. So for me, how do we grow maturity of service? It's things like that passage, which are genuinely challenging to our human nature. I mean, we have to be subservient to how God says it should be done and God's word and Jesus's word over our own fleshly desires. That's maturity.
0: When we had um, Alexander John Shire, whose questions these are, on the podcast, he talked about the fact that actually in the context in which a lot of these words were written, it really was your enemy. Your enemy wasn't someone who disagreed with you on the Kanye album. Your enemy was the person who might knock on your door and then take you down the road and feed you to dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Like the enemy was, it was a real enemy. So when they're saying, when the Gospels talk about love those who persecute you, that's not people who, you know, snigger at you or laugh at you behind your back or write something nasty on Twitter. That's people who would see you and your whole family executed in public.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: a very different context yeah. of, to what we... Str- I mean, we struggle to do it to people who write nasty things on Facebook yes,
2: about us. Like, yes, but because we, we're full of self-importance. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Well, hang on, it's, It attacks our ego and it attacks our self-importance um, and it, it attacks our pride. But the reality is at the end of that passage of Scripture, it says, therefore be merciful because your father is merciful. Mm. And ultimately where all of this lands is, Jesus loved me while I was his enemy. And when I was slapping him in the face, he turns the other cheek. And if I ask for something, he gives even more. And the reality is the reason we need to be acting like that is because God, our Father, acts like that towards us. And so our motivation is not I'm doing it to be good. Our motivation is because the Father God has done it already for me. And where we're choosing that as our strength and that as our motivation, then it becomes less about fleshly discipline to be kind but actually if we really take on board how kind our Heavenly Father has been to us.
0: And that takes practice. I don't, I don't think anyone would say that that's something that always comes incredibly naturally to us. No, like no, no, you, no. you have to really push into that, don't you? I mean, I, I think and right. we learn
1: from experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, And we, we got it wrong the last time and then we learn a bit better for the next time. Yeah. And that's yeah. growth and maturity as well, isn't it? Yeah. As we keep developing and walking on and going, okay, what do I learn from the last experience, and how do I put something better into action in the next one? It's
0: one of the things that I've certainly picked up on is that really intentional choices that you guys make to live in a certain way. How aware are you of those choices, and are they always there, or are there days when you have to be more intentional? In no, that
1: it's, it's about its it absolutely about intentionality. Yeah. It is about intentionally choosing that it, despite the circumstance, for instance. Yeah. And choosing a different way and, and knowing. And that's, again, growth and maturity, isn't it? Mm. That, you know, the more that you learn, the more that you're, okay, God, we're going to keep choosing you. Mm. We're going to keep choosing. We know that you will be faithful. We know that you will walk through us. You, we know that we'll come out the other side, that you will be with us. Uh, and it's just continuing to do that. Yeah, yeah. Being intentional, choosing to worship for instance in the face of adversity and all of that and knowing that you're going to get it wrong some days absolutely but
0: there's grace Yeah.
2: yeah absolutely there's there's grace we're not going to get it right all the time um but i think one of the most powerful prayers we can pray is um for our father in heaven to give us spiritual insight and understanding wisdom insight and understanding because if we're praying for wisdom insight and understanding if we have those things then our actions will follow so Um, What we know is God is on our side. Mm. God is on our side, and sometimes I just have to remind myself of that. Actually, God is for me, and he's on my side. He's not looking for when I make a mess of things or trip up, which I regularly do. He's on my side, and he has written in his word the way that we can work. And a lot of what we're talking about, you know, the um, denial, resistance, and um, interchange, that transition. There's a lot about in the Bible of how... Our brains work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, think about what is pure and lovely. So now there's a whole move towards health and well being and mindfulness and how it's good for us. Well, to be frank, that's been in the Bible for centuries. You know, it's yeah. it it's be it's, transformed it's by not, the renewal of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's not anything yeah, yeah, new, yeah. it's things that actually the scripture tells us yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Take a Sabbath, yeah. Give yourself a break, yeah. just be kinder to yourself, take a day off. Yeah. Take a day off. You know, that's the way God designed it. And, and um, I home. think we need to be kind to ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Listen, we're out of time, but I want to say a huge thank you. Huge thanks to Nick and Emma. <laughs> and a massive thank you to all of you for staying as well. It's quarter past 11 here in Coventry, but I don't know what time you're listening. But that is it for this episode. A huge thanks to Nick and Emma. I'll be back next time with another guest who will be facing the four choices, answering the four questions, and sharing the wisdom learned along the way on the Terrain Podcast.